This is The Grid, presented by Victoria College. Victoria College is a public, open admission college. Our mission is to provide educational opportunities and services for our students and the communities we serve. For more information, visit us at www.victoriacollege.com to schedule your tour. Hello and welcome to episode 36 of The Grid. My name is Jeremiah Sosa, the assistant sports editor. I'm here joined by Mike Foreman, our sports editor, and Gabe Myers, our sports reporter. It's getting that time of year again. It's football. Football season is getting underway. We got West. They kicked off their spring game on Wednesday. The white team beat red team 39 to 25. Gabe, you are you've been out at West practices, and you know you went to the spring game on Wednesday. Um, what kind of stood out to you from from the Warriors and what they were able to accomplish yesterday? So the first thing that stood out to me is, number one, Camden Repper looks really comfortable in the offense, and he really seems – I know I know Coach Boyce was looking to see how Repper, you know, settled into more of a leadership role this year, being a returning starter, quarterback, having a new cast of characters at wide receiver. He seems to be really comfortable. He seems to be adjusting to that role really, really well. As far as the game yesterday – um, one name, Genesis Jeffries. He was the guy who, you know, as the game goes on, didn't play varsity ball last year. If he did, very sparingly. Um, immediately, he was wearing number seven yesterday. It was, oh, who's that? Like, that That was the main takeaway. And he had he had two touchdown catches, a 12-yard touchdown catch from Repper. And then from uh, Coach Boyce's son, who was, you know, sophomore quarterback for them, uh, he caught a 70-yard touchdown as well, just completely outran the defense. And he's a guy who... I expect will be a big part of West offense. Coach Boyce told me after the game he's on uh, he's on their captain's council and he's just going to be a sophomore this coming year. So that I mean that tells you what to think of them. Talk to Kamari Montgomery after the game, and Kamari was I can't wait to see what this kid's going to do this season. He was really excited for Jeffries. So Genesis Jeffries, that was my biggest takeaway. From West is their team. They got to replace three of their top four receivers. Genesis Jeffries is going to be a big part of that. And then East is also going to kick off their spring game on Thursday at five thirty. Um, by the time this podcast comes out, that that spring game will already already be over. Um, but I'm going to be there covering it, and you can find coverage on avosports.com. But the thing from that game that I'm really going to be looking for is uh, the QB battle. Obviously, they lose Jaden Williams, who has been the quarterback for the past two seasons for the Titans. Um, he, he signed to Blinn College uh, to you know to continue his career as a quarterback. Um, but you look at this team with under new head coach Charlie Reeve; they got some positions to fill, especially that quarterback spot. Uh, right now, it's going to be between freshman Casey Coley and junior Landon Partita. Both of those guys were starting quarterbacks last year. Coley was the starting quarterback on the freshman team; Partita on the JV team. So they've got some experience at the position. It's just going to be down, come down to um, really who plays better during this spring game and you know throughout the summer for for Coach Reeve to see you know who he's going to pick going into the season. Um, they they've got plenty of guys on that on that offense that you know they can throw the ball to. You got Nigel Prater and Bryson Ortega who are going to be entering their senior seasons, I believe. Um, and you know they, they were a big reason as to why Williams was able to be successful last year. So uh, whoever it ends up being, they're going to have some guys to throw to. Uh, you also look at the running back position, losing Jacarian Giles. They've got uh, Jaden Williams, who's going to be a junior this next upcoming year. 
Um, and also got a few other guys who are going to be able to contend for the spot. So, you know, this this spring game and, you know, continuing throughout the summer, there's going to be some some positions that he's got to fill. Obviously, their defense has has some spots to fill, and they, they've got to, you know, find a way to get a little bit better this upcoming year. But, um, yeah, for, for East and, you know, the spring game, that, I think they're going to be able to find out, uh, you know, a few spots that they – that they got going to be able to take into next year. All right, we're going to take a quick break and hear this commercial from White Trash Services. I'm joined by BJ Nelson. BJ, White Trash Services, what is it and, and, and what do y'all do? Well, thank you for asking. We gather trash in the counties around the Crossroads area. We've been in business for eight years, and we have dumpster, trash can, and roll-off uh, companies. And you know y'all are y'all are big advocates for for sports throughout the Crossroads region. Just what makes y'all want to sponsor uh, all all high school sports throughout the Victoria area? High school sports are amazing. One, they keep kids out of trouble. It teaches them about character, teaches them about right and wrong, uh, how to do better in life. You learn a lot of life skills in sports and especially football. And how can someone get a hold of White Trash Services to start their service, rent a roll-off, or apply to be a part of your team? You can give us a call at 361-550-1826. I have a team of ladies that answer the phone and gentlemen. So give us a call anytime, 8 to 5 during the day, and uh, we'd be happy to visit with you about any of those things. All right, welcome back. Uh, we got a few softball teams that have advanced to the state tournament. St. Joseph, they fell in the TAPS Division II state semifinal to Austin Hyde Park 9-4 to this past week. Um, it was it was a good run for the Lady Flyers. They, uh, you know, advanced all the way to, to the semifinal game. It was their first state tournament berth since 2014. Um, but like, like I said, they just came up just short. Gabe, you covered them, you know, multiple times throughout the season. What's kind of something that stood out to you, uh, you know, from this Lady Flyers team and how they were able to, you know, accomplish what they what they were able to accomplish? Well, the thing that stood out, and I think I said it in last week's podcast, their team MVP is Ivy Contu. She's, she's been their workhorse out on the mound. But what, I mean, what got them through the state tournament was it was timely hitting. It was different bats stepping up in the middle, in the middle of the order they had, you know, we we did varsity cup the other night and Saint and you know Saint Jean won the softball award. She was outstanding for them and she was outstanding for them in the playoffs as well. But it was the players around her. It was Grimzinger had the big hit in the game against uh, not Hyde Park the, the game before Fort Bend Christian um, had the big hit to send them um, into the state tournament. Abby Contu had big hits in that game as well and she was big on the mound. So that's what stood out to me about St. Joseph. And then they had, you know, Morris at the top of the lineup. She was she was great just getting on base, taking extra bases, just putting pressure on the defense. So what stood out to me about St. Joseph was just kind of their relentlessness on offense and how their lineup, even when they got past those first three, four hitters, were in high school softball. Most teams have three or four hitters. Once you get past them, there's, you know, players easier to get out. That wasn't really the case with St. Joseph. Really, like, down to the seven, eight, nine hole in the lineup, they were still getting production. They were putting pressure on the defense, and that's what I think really carried the day for them. And we got a team that did win the TAPS uh, state tournament, Shiner St. Paul. They defeated 
Lubbock Christian School 12 to 2 to claim the Division Four state title. Um, it's their second consecutive state title. So, um, you know, g- good job on them and what they were able to accomplish this season. All right, moving into UIL, we got a big matchup: Hallettsville versus Santa Gertrudis Academy. Hallettsville fell, fell in the first game five to four at Beeville. Um, they scored four runs in the second inning, but only only was able to put up one more hit after that. Um, and Santa Gertrudis, they really heated up in the third, fourth, and fifth inning. They combined for five runs, including a home run. Um, so they they got their first playoff loss since 2021. Obviously, after their um, you know 30 plus win streak in, uh, into last year's state title. Um, Gabe, you're going to be there for game two. What's kind of something you're going to hope to see out of Hallisfield uh, to try to keep their season alive? Well, I tell you, I was because I was keeping up with your coverage of the game yesterday. When it, once they went up four nothing, and I said it last week on the podcast, if they go up. 4-0, early in the game. It feels like the game's over after that because they put you away early. So when I saw they were up 4-0, to zero, like, oh, that's Hallettsville doing what they do. They put the game away early it is what it is. And then when I saw when I saw that they lost, I was shocked. I'm looking for I'm looking to see them kind of do the same thing of, hey, let's go out and get the big inning early. They've done a great job of that throughout really the last two years. See if they can do that again. And then tonight be a little bit different. Kaylee Olivares is going to be on the mound, I would imagine, for Hallettsville uh, last night, she was not out there. Um, if if Kaylee goes out there and pitches her game, Hallettsville's as tough a team as there is, especially in three A. They're defending champions for a reason. So that's what I'm looking for. Is just like I said, their first loss, play, their first playoff loss since 2021. Can they bounce back from that mentally and just get back to doing what they do? And Hey, they got two. They have two games to continue their title defense now. So that's that's what I'm looking for. Is just can mentally they bounce back from a position that they haven't been in in two years or over two years. And Olivada, she actually came in that sixth inning and she, uh, you know, she pitched that last inning and didn't allow a hit. So maybe she's able to, you know, take some momentum from that inning into this next game uh, where we would imagine that she's going to pitch. And I know that. Uh, I know Coach Cresta, she was wanting to get Madison Mickish some innings in there, and I imagine that's why she started game one because they've just been putting people away throughout the playoffs, and she hasn't pitched much, and she's someone they view as a vital part of their team and someone that they're going to need. So that's why, that's at least for me, speculating, that's why I believe Mickish started yesterday was they were someone, she was someone that they wanted to give some innings to. Mm. And if Hallisville is able to win that game on Thursday, game three would be on Saturday. We also got Shiner and Weimer. They're battling in the regional semifinal for a possible matchup against each other in the regional final. Shiner is playing Granger. Uh, it's going to be a one-game series on Thursday. And Weimer is playing Milano, which is a best of three. Mike, I know we've been talking about these two teams and really that entire district uh, You know, th- these past few months. Um, what would it mean for, for both of them to you know be able to match up and um, – you know, how would you kind of see that being able to play out? Well, it mean more of the same, really, because these two teams are no stranger to the uh, going deep in the softball and, uh, or going to the state tournament, for that matter. Uh, there was one stretch there, I think it was four or five years straight, where the, uh, the, the team uh, that made it to the state uh, was from that district. Uh, the thing, um, obviously, that catches your eyes about these two playoffs is uh, 
one game for Shiner and Granger. Uh, I'm assuming Granger won that flip, uh, and that tells me that they might have one pitcher, and they feel like their best shot is to get Shiner in a one-game situation and hope things go their way. Um, we'll just have to see about that. Uh, Weimer, of course, uh, they rely heavily on Reagan Wick, uh, and if you've seen her pitch, you know why. I mean, she's the ultimate competitor out there. Um, nothing phases her. So uh, that would be really neat for the area if uh, Shiner and Weimer could square off for a berth at the state tournament. And then moving into baseball, Shiner and Weimer, although uh, you know they, they haven't matched up yet in baseball, we got a Shiner and Weimer best of three series. Mike, you're going to be covering that one. Um, that's going to be at Rice Consolidated starting tonight on Thursday. Uh, what are you hoping to see out of that series, and you know who do you think is going to be able to you know move on to that one? Well, well, Shiner beat Weimer twice in district, uh, but this is uh, this goes way back, uh, back when Weimer had its great teams, and of course Shiner's always had competitive teams. Uh, these two teams know each other very well. Um, you know it. it, it it usually comes down to pitching and defense. Uh, Ryan Peterson uh, pitched five perfect innings against Refurio. If uh, Ryan Peterson has his stuff, uh, Shiner's going to be very, very hard to beat. Uh, Weimer, though, is a scrappy team. They've seemed to regain some of the mojo that they used to have. Uh, Coach Mayorka in his first year has done a really good job of kind of getting that back. So uh, this will be an interesting series between uh, two uh, district rivals. And some other playoff matchups that we got. Uh, Fotonia versus Kennedy, that's going to be a best of three. Hallettsville versus Jordanton, also a best of three. And then Industrial versus Columbus. Mike, when you look at these three series, which one that, which is the one that kind of stands out to you and, uh, you know, uh, as far as which team's possibly going to be able to move on? Well, Industrial Columbus is another uh, district matchup there. Uh, Columbus was actually the second seed and uh, Industrial was the third seed. So I believe Columbus won twice in district, but as we've learned, that doesn't mean anything really. And then uh, houseville Jordanton, that, that's curious. Uh, Jordanton has about a 500 record, but you know that you just don't know the kind of competition they played. So uh, hallettsville has been playing well in the uh, has continued to play well through uh, the playoffs. You know, of course, they had to beat Columbus to to gain the top yeah. seed, which uh, Gabe covered that game, and they've been ever since they've been kind of on a roll. So, and then you look at Flatonia Kennedy. Kennedy is Flatonia comes from Shiner's district. They were the second place team. Kennedy won the district that Refurio was in. Um, there's no question that Flatonia is coming from a stronger district, but Kennedy, uh, they made they made it to the regional, I believe it was the regional semifinals last year where they lost to Shiner. So uh, Kennedy has playoff experience too. So uh, that could be an interesting series as well. Yeah, one last point there on uh, on Hallettsville. I remember being at that game against that baseball game against Columbus was that three four weeks ago now, and thinking when they won that game to win the district title, this could like it felt like a momentum shifting win. They hadn't been playing very well for a few weeks leading into that game. 
they played really well. They got that win. They got the district title, and it feels like that kind of sent them, you know, like a rocket ship. Just their form has gone way up since that game. And for all of our softball and baseball playoff coverage, you can visit advosports.com. All right, we're going to take one last break and hear this commercial from Thrivent Financial. Thrivent is a proud sponsor of The Grid. Thrivent believes money is a tool, not a goal. Thrivent Financial Advisor Carly Herrig works with clients to create financial strategies that reflect their priorities and help them protect the things that matter most, like family and giving back. Carly can be reached at 361-223-7883 or connect.thrivent.com backslash true-path-planning. All right, it's time to move into our final segment of the podcast, track and field. Mike, you were there in Austin covering all of the uh, you know local schools and local athletes that were competing. Uh, a few highlights for Freerio boys and girls. They took home titles. Goliad's Kyla Hill, she won her third straight gold medal in the 300-meter hurdles. Uh, Mike, what was something from that that uh, you know trip that in Austin that stood out to you? Well, obviously, Refurio winning back-to-back titles. Um, it was not a total surprise, but it wasn't guaranteed either. Uh, Refurio performed pretty well up there, and uh, they um, and it hurt Timpson. Uh, their outstanding uh, quarterback Terry Bussey has a torn meniscus, and he had to have surgery, and that really hurt Timpson. But I don't want to take anything away because if you saw Ernest Campbell run and I don't know if you've been on social media, it's been all over. But he turned in a 100-meter dash time of 12.22. And I'm going to tell you, that was the best time of any of the classifications up there. So, uh, and, and the interesting thing about that is he kind of pulled up at the end. I think if he'd have run through, he might add a 12.1. And uh, that had been incredible. The other, like you mentioned, Kyla Hill, that's her uh, third straight. 300-meter uh, title. She didn't quite get the uh, state record that she wanted to, but uh, she has one more year to go for that. Another uh, event that really stood out to me was the uh, triple jump. Um, Oliver Miles from El Campo. Um, he's leading, just like last year, he's leading till the, the guy ahead of him has the next to last jump, and the guy passes him. And that's what happened to him last year, and he ended up uh, getting the silver. Well, that didn't happen this year because Miles uh, gets a 50-foot triple jump. And I'm going to tell you what, I think I read somewhere that that's the second uh, time a 50-foot jump in 4A history. It was just an incredible jump. I mean, uh, you knew it when he did it, too, that it was a good jump. So that was obviously a highlight. Uh, a lot of great performances. We had a lot of medal winners up there. And the biggest surprise in the meet, I think, were the, was the Refurio girls. They scored 32 points. Uh, they, they won. Uh, I know they won the 4-by-1. Uh, and then uh, Peyton Oliver also won the 100. But what happened is they ended up in a three-way tie. And that just shows you that you never know up there, that if you perform, you've got a chance. And uh, so a big, I believe that was the seventh uh, state title for the girls. The boys have 12, and that's more than anyone in the state. 
And like we mentioned earlier, for all of that coverage that, uh, that Mike brought to the, to the website, you can visit AdvilSports.com. All right, that's going to be it for this episode of the podcast. But before we go, we did have an announcement about uh, the Varsity Cup Awards. Yes, we did the other night. Uh, we were all there uh, for the, you know, to present those awards that are based on not just athletics, but academics and community service. It was really nice presentation. Um, I'll just mention uh, the, the winners overall. The male athlete of the year was Ryan Peterson from Shiner. The female athlete was Abby Yanta from Goliad. Um, our coach of the year was Adam Spiegelman from Refurio, who's the track and field coach. And then our athletic director of the year was Jimmy Mitchell from Edna. And uh, I'm sure we'll be doing this again next year. And I, I would encourage uh, coaches uh, to nominate your athletes. I mean, uh, they can't win if they don't get nominated. So that's really important. And uh, they're, they're, they all get recognized in fact, uh, this weekend edition of The Advocate, there'll be a special section about that where all the uh, athletes who were nominated will be recognized. Well, from me, Mike, and Gabe, we appreciate you guys for listening, and you can catch us here again next week.